0: is up fantasy people you are back this is the true north fantasy pod presented by the fantasy points media group i am trav and uh i'm uh let's say snug as a bug in a rug tonight in dirty laundry studios super excited for this episode um uh, co-hosting and west coasting tonight you already know is tyrell mclaughlin what's going on ty
1: not much uh, sports 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 you know kind of heaven today uh we we're talking before about just some of the wackiness uh outside of the football world before we started recording but uh you know one of the good things is that we get just a buffet of sports right now it's awesome so full go for hockey 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 uh mm-hmm. thoughts are with john Tavares. if you saw that that was just a crazy injury in the Habs leafs game and crazy uh crazy heated uh penguins islanders game that was a that was a blast i mean the jays are in a big series with the uh with the dead Sox. we had indiana <laughs> basketball but that's in washington i think washington's gonna Handily take care of business there uh, with the real Beal and Westbrook and them. And then we also, Trav, had Corey Connors, uh, Mm -hmm. the Canadian, jumping out to an early two-stroke lead after day one at the Players. And we're capping it all off with just one of the true OG goats of the industry on the program tonight. So I think living the dream is an undersell tonight.
0: Yeah, man, this is this is really cool. Um, I do want to say that I have been a little bit under the weather the last couple of days. So um, this sexy radio voice is not natural, but let's embrace it while we got it, folks. Okay. Um, and one thing, Ty, that our listeners might not know is that this year our rankings through the fantasy pros expert platform have been accepted to fantasy pros ecr so we are a part of their expert consensus rankings this year which is really cool to be a part of and that's part of why we're really fired up for this week's guest because he is somebody whose content we've been soaking up for a long time just like a lot of that is centered around his accuracy one of the most accurate rankers in the biz um and the managing editor over at FantasyPoints.com. Uh, one of my personal favorites to listen to, just not only for the quality of content, but for the energy that he brings. And that would be Mr. Joe Dolan. You can find him on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Um, how you doing tonight, man? It's it's nice to have you in the house, Joe.
2: Uh, I'm doing well, guys. It's good to be with you. Uh, finally, I've been listening and following along. And and I'm glad you guys are part of this network. But, I mean, it it, it kind of felt like I was observing and listening from afar here without actually being on the podcast, getting a chance to actually talk to you guys. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to be here uh, talking some best ball, I'm sure. Uh, just uh, getting ready for the season. I did a draft just uh, earlier today, today. And the thing I love about best ball, obviously, as you guys well know, is like the market it, it just in real time. It's like looking at Coinbase. You know, like like whatever inane thing Elon Musk tweets out and it and it either tanks or sends and sends crypto to the moon. And it like, but whenever <laughs> uh, um whatever inane things come out of Anthony Lynn's mouth, then uh
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> end up
2: tanking the value of DeAndre Swift, who I got in the third round of a draft just this afternoon. So so uh, so, uh um,
0: Thank you, Anthony Lynn.
2: It, yeah, it's just it's it's like it best ball, man. It's it there's nothing like it. It's and, and you know, one of the reasons that like I had had success, I think, in the past, and we had had success in the past with the fantasy pros rankings, is you know just being able to to monitor uh, that that market, and um and then really just taking it all the way up until the end, and uh, and just getting a good feel for what those players were. I never the one thing about those rankings, I'm sure that that you guys were talking about, is I never input them until like. The last like three days before the season mm-hmm. starts, and I and I frankly just wonder how many people just forget to update them. Like <laughs> I, I mean, quite frankly, it gives you an advantage just in and of itself by doing that. But yeah, there's a little trade secret for you guys. <laughs> make sure nice. you yeah, make sure you uh you you uh you do that. But uh, no, it's good to talk to you guys, and uh, I'm 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 excited for tonight.
1: No the uh, the pleasure is 100 ours because Trav mentioned it. Really, you are one of the most accurate analysts and. I've talked a lot about following the right people and stuff uh, throughout our our podcast tenure, and I've always thrown out the names like John Paulson, you got Justin Boone, Jake Seeley, the footballers, Pat Fitzmorris, but Joe Dolan is always uh, one of the names I've always thrown out. And I remember when uh, when uh, Silva left the the Fantasy Feast, uh, the other podcast that you host, uh, we all kind of, and we know Ross Tucker can slang anything. Uh, that's an understatement. So he really kind of built up the new host reveal, I would say. Uh, and, you know, replacing Silva was already such a big ask. And then yeah. we heard that it was Joe Dolan announced and our reaction was just like, awesome, the most accurate ranker in the business. So uh, like, has it been kind of a trip taking over for him? And uh, you mentioned about, you know, Warren Buffett or uh, or what's his face, the Elon crazy, Musk. crazy <laughs> SNL guy, Yeah, uh, tweeting something <laughs> out. Okay. Um, I think you know Silva is the guy who always can change the market with a right. tweet, and uh, it's not unlike the impact that you almost have these days. Well, as
2: Well, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, definitely not. Um, especially since you know sometimes I just tweet about like listening to music and stuff, and I was tweeting about golf today and all that stuff. Uh, Re-
1: I- really quick, Joe. The reason I fell in love with you originally, well, actually, this is just, but you've always brought music into the conversation on your fantasy mm-hmm. podcast, and not even long ago, you mentioned going to a, I think it was Smashing Pumpkins show or something. And that Metric open for them. And Metric's a band that's here in Victoria all the time. So uh, that was just too cool to hear you talk about it. And we, we have very similar taste in music for
2: sure. So uh, so here's a funny part. Um, uh, this is going to be th- – th- this is a tangent here. And I know we're, we're a little time-strapped tonight, so I don't want to go on too many tangents, but that's kind of what I do. Um, so I think um, – I, I didn't meet John Hansen until uh, 2009 when I started with Fantasy Guru. Um, But Hanson and I figured out that we might have been at the same concert at the Trocadero in Philadelphia, which I think is either since renamed or closed, um, in 2001, to see a Canadian band.
0: Nice, which
2: was our lady piece. Um, oh, nice. so, like, I think we were, I was like 15 or I was 15 years old, <laughs> yeah. and uh, um, oh, that's great. That's much music, so like days. they
1: were hot, I bet. Oh, uh, much
2: music, yeah. and uh the, 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 do they still give out the Junos?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah they do. I think, do, yeah, I think yeah, we have yeah. uh, some tragically hip, or oh, on you the oh, Gord downy um, <laughs>
2: oh, your, uh, your, uh, so. That was uh, Our Lady Peace, tragically hip Sloan, and um, right oh uh, god, Dude, what was very the very good? What was the one band? Um, the the lead singer was Mononymous. Um, he had one name. Uh, one more astronaut, uh, um, God, it was like Our Lady Peace. The name was like Our Lady. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna Earth. leave
1: you hanging, big time. I'm Mother, Mother Earth. My Mother okay. Earth. Okay, oh sure. yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: I, I forget the guy's name, but he went by one name. Like Sting wow. or something, but it wasn't Sting. It was just like a name. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, he, he was like Bob, the lead singer of I Mother Earth. But uh, yeah, but, um, but yeah. Anyway, the, the, there, there you go. My Canadian alt rock from uh, the nineties and early two thousands. Yeah.
1: Well, that surprised me. Like you and uh, John Hanson, like back at Fantasy Guru, just the uh, the chemistry you guys had. I think Fantasy Guru back in the day was kind of like an old cheat code, in my opinion. It's where I first heard guys like Graham Barfield too, and Tom mm-hmm. Brawley, you Joe, and. Uh, just, you know, you and Tom Brawley is a dynamic duo if there ever was one. And you, you mentioned legendary John Hansen and, uh, you bring up legendary and, and fantasy guru. That's the first time I heard, uh, uh, Cosell as well in that kind of setting. And I think that kind of stuff really paved the way for us to be able to talk about nerd stuff like formations and yeah. schemes and marry kind of a lot of the real football aspect that we all love with, uh, the team building and the things we love about fantasy, because, uh, that stuff does impact the players their are playing time, the volume, uh, but yeah, I just I wanted to get some of that accuracy information before we before we jump mm-hmm. into things just to give people a fair warning to get the notepads out, uh, because tonight we will we want to get the skinny on some of these more polarizing players, probably some rookies for early impact sake and maybe hit some of the more ambiguous situations, uh, situations we want to get right for fantasy. So some buzzy players, some ADP movers and shakers, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I also just wanted to reflect a little bit on Fantasy Guru, because I think it's had quite the lasting impact. Uh that entire team. And I should have mentioned, Trav, that like all the golden gooses from that team at Fantasy Guru are now basically uh, yes, running the show, running the show at mm-hmm. fantasypoints.com. Yeah.
2: It's, yeah. So, uh, 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 oh, sorry, guy. Trav, you go no,
0: ahead. Have at it. Have at it. If you're gonna Joe, was,
2: praise yeah. on me, I want to hear it. No,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say it's a beautiful combination <laughs> of uh, of sharp minds, which actually um, was gonna lead me into an ad read. But go ahead, Joe.
2: <laughs> well, anyway, just like um, you know, we um we we just we we took an opportunity to do something a little bit new. Um and spread our wings a little bit. I, I just didn't feel and and nothing but respect for Jeff Mann's and and what they're what what over at Fantasy Guru, but like um th- th- it was just something we felt we needed to do. Um and and you know, the thing is though, you, you mentioned Fantasy Guru being kind of a cheat code in the early days, and I thought that was an interesting point because you know that I think when Fantasy Guru started, John Hansen started it as a newsletter and then the website in '95. It was a cheat code because there wasn't much fantasy football content, you know, and the the, now we're now we're kind of we're melded with like an entertainment industry. We're trying to be we're we're trying to entertain because there's a lot of that content out there and you're just trying to create a narrow edge. I don't think any of us are going to sit here and tell you all we've got the magic answers, you know, like back in the day, John Hansen was a guy and he'll tell you this fully. He was a guy who was 100% hungry, he had a satellite dish and multiple TVs, and that right away gave him a huge advantage over everybody. You know, like, nobody can get that kind of advantage anymore. I mean, the the only way you can literally get an advantage like that is if you're legitimately calling plays in the NFL. And if you're calling plays to win fantasy games, you're not going to be calling plays for very long in the NFL. (laughs) So, you know, like, the the industry, even, even since I've been in it since 2009, and and in 2009 there was a lot of websites and almost all of them were under designed you know they looked like they were still in the 90s GeoCities, angel fire type websites and that that's i mean that's not a knock but it was still a niche mm-hmm. content space you know you weren't getting the fantasy magazines uh, dominating the magazine stands even in 2009 and it's just kind of amazing where we're at right now um Uh, with you know with with podcasts it's really fascinating and you know good on you guys coming in and and, and creating the space because I I I frankly I just think about how lucky I was to get in with John when I did and people were like um, how did you get into the fantasy thing and I said well I was good at fantasy I wrote a fantasy football column for the Philadelphia Eagles website but ultimately I got lucky and maybe I interviewed well, like, you know, it's like, and when I see somebody like you guys or like Graham Barfield or Scott Barrett, like grind their way to where they're at right now, I'm almost like, in a way I feel guilty. Yeah, um, but you, you shouldn't
1: because of this, what you're know. saying is just a testament to the accuracy that you've put on the paper. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you had a half decade stretch where you were literally the most accurate ranker in the entire industry for half a decade straight. Like that's a half decade period where you were the most accurate and It is the same people, the same cast of characters uh, who are finishing at the final table, so to speak, of rankings accuracy uh, year in and year out. So clearly you are grinding it, uh, grinding those edges pretty well. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, the,
2: yeah Let me let you guys grind your edges so you can uh, you can pay the bills. So uh, <laughs> let me shut up for a
0: minute. Depends. Uh, I'm not sure if that's safe for the airwaves there, Joe, grinding the edge. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Dude, it's like 10-15 here, all right? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah we're only uh, we're only 13 minutes in. It's not time to get, uh, get PG here. But one thing I did want to say, talking about all the accuracy and the rankings and the team over at Fantasy Points is just if anybody wants to go and soak up all of that content, Uh, we can help you do that and get a little bit off the top for doing so. Um, So Joe, you've got your rankings up there. You guys put projections out recently. You guys have a draft guide. Scott Barrett's got a ton of analytics out there. Graham Barfield just put out some yards created uh, a little analysis today or yesterday, I believe. Um, And so there's just tons of stuff coming out of the website that wins above, above replacement article. Um, that just came out by and the guy's name is slipping my mind I apologize but it's just tons of really good stuff and so if you want to go over there and check it out you can use the promo code 21 true north 10 which is all capitals to uh, to get 10 percent off of the subscription over there and even without the promo code it is the best deal in the industry um, the bang for your buck is just in, insane over there um, so get another 10 percent off of that with 21 true north 10 um, and let them know that we sent you so we appreciate anybody who's gone and signed up and I uh, hope you're enjoying all the work that uh, the team over at Fantasy Points is putting in. Okay, Ty, so let's get into some of these players here, buddy. I'm super excited for this episode because we uh, we did a little bit of digging into some of Joe's rankings, and there was definitely some really, really good stuff in there, some notable stuff. And so we wanted to kind of talk about a little bit of it, and uh, and we'll probably learn some stuff tonight, and hopefully, hopefully our listeners do, too. Um, First, Joe, I want to get into the quarterback position because it is one that we've been talking to a lot of our guests about this offseason, just with uh, the rise in quarterback scoring. Uh, We know that uh, 2020 was the highest scoring quarterback season of all time. Um, I was actually using some of Ty's hit rates data, and I found that 25% of every 350 plus point quarterback season has been scored just in 2020. So um, of all time, any quarterback who has scored over 350 points. Uh, a quarter of them were just this past season. And obviously that's largely due to the rushing upside that some of these young guys present Joe. Um, and I think we're also seeing that in drafts as well, but I'm curious if, if you're biting on that and drafting quarterbacks earlier than you normally would, or are you still waiting and trying to play like the backs of some tiers to attack it that way and get some better value on your position players? Well-
2: Well, this is kind of a, this is a multiple part uh, conversation here. And the, the, the the reason why the late round quarterback thing are, I think more so since best balls kind of become such a dominant force, at least from May through August is um, mid round quarterback. And, and let's just look back at the last few years. Patrick Mahomes was a double digit round pick in 2018. Um, of course, and, and there were reasons for that. He was an unknown. you know. He had one game, but he had a lot of talent, but we just didn't know. Lamar Jackson in 2019 was a double-digit round pick. You could get him 9th, 10th, 11th round. Josh Allen last year, 9th, 10th, 11th round. And it was so easy from my perspective to identify these guys. And it was so easy to say, This is the guy I'm going to be targeting. I didn't get enough of Lamar in 2019, by the way, and I'll fully admit that, but it like, like Josh Allen last year was such an easy target. He was such an easy target and he ended up one of my most drafted quarterbacks and it was easy to do that. Now here's the thing. Uh, I like to pride myself on oh the accuracy and all that stuff. I don't got a secret formula here. I'm not looking like Charlie from It's Always Sunny with the with the board and and like all the connections. I like to rank based on common sense, okay? Like and it's served me pretty well to this point. And I'd say the problem here is when you rank based on common sense, very often when something becomes a cheat code, like drafting quarterbacks in the middle middle rounds, people are going to pick up on that so what would have been the the analog to lamar jackson okay jalen hurts lamar jackson came in at the end of the 20 20, uh, 2018 season when he was a rookie didn't perform great but he had the rushing upside he didn't throw the ball great he was awful in the playoffs but they benched him for flacco you knew flacco was going to be gone turns out similar ish situation with carson wentz in philadelphia yeah um And Jalen Hurts was okay at the end of last season, had a a good game, had an okay game, had a couple of bad games, but he ran, and he put up massive numbers. Well, here's the problem. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. So you're not Mm -hmm. getting Jalen Hurts in the 11th round. It's not happening. So all these guys who – let's look at the guys who are going to run, who are guaranteed to start. Mm-hmm. So who the guys who are gonna run and are guaranteed to start. Mahomes Mahomes is gonna run a little bit. Um a little you bit. Know? he's not gonna hurt you with his legs. He you know, so he's he's obviously up there. Lamar Jackson. You're looking uh, at Josh
0: yeah. Allen. Kyler Deshaun, Murray, Deshaun Watson, if well, he plays, well,
2: yeah, Deshaun, <laughs> if he plays, that's an entirely different
0: story. <laughs> that's a sketchy guy to take yeah. as your quarterback. No, not right a best now, ball story. Sure. Uh, yeah.
2: Dak Prescott. Okay. Uh, presuming <laughs> he's going to run, which, which I think is up in the air. But um, I, I
1: agree that at least Mahomes, Dak, these guys are going right. to hit the thresholds that we're setting in the last, in recent years. Yeah, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson.
2: None of these guys are making it out of the top 10 at the quarterback position. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe if Aaron Rodgers says, um, uh, you know, I'm back, baby, I'm playing in Green Bay and we're going to try to get this thing. Maybe he he's I have hurts above Rodgers right now, just only because like there is that yeah. little bit of a chance that mm-hmm. Rodgers decides I'm going to go host Jeopardy. Screw you guys. Um, <laughs> you know, Deshaun Watson, obviously, is a completely different story, but none of these guys are available in those middle rounds. The guys who are available in the middle rounds are Stafford. Matt Ryan, you know Kirk Cousins,
0: these,
2: you know, (laughs) like you know, boring guys who I think are going to have good seasons, but they're not the cheat code quarterbacks. They're not those guys. So what what are you left with here if you're looking for value at the quarterback position? Joe Burrow coming off an explosive knee injury. Um, now apparently he's going to be ready, but is he going to have the
1: mobility? That's wild.
0: That is wild uh, that he's I mean, it do is, he... it is, but that's like the worst injury you can have. It's crazy. Uh,
1: I mean, like, it I was... think we're getting that discount in my opinion. In ADP, I don't know if it's going to shoot up a round or two come redraft season, but yeah. it feels like we are getting a slight discount on Burrow because that's baked into his and, uh... and
2: it agreed, because I think he'd be going ahead of like your Staffords if he hadn't if he hadn't gotten hurt. And I like Stafford this year, but that's that's neither here nor there. So you're looking <laughs> at Burrow, okay. <laughs> But how much is he going to have that second reaction ability? The offensive line still isn't good, even though the team is loaded itself. So you got that question. Matt Ryan, the team's loaded around him. But Julio, there's a question there. And we know Matt Ryan's not giving you anything with his legs. So you're looking at Trevor Lawrence, all right? Yeah, yeah, I like Trevor Lawrence, too. His ADP is a high-end QB2 or a low-end QB1. So you're paying up for a guy who's never taken an NFL snap. Doesn't mean it can't work look at justin herbert last year
0: exactly doesn't
2: mean it can't work but you're not exactly getting a discount um so you're looking at these guys and then this ties it all into the question of who are the guys who might be able to be those cheat code quarterbacks who uh who are either coming off of a a rough season as was the case for josh allen last year not many not many and
0: it to comes to, to uh, and Daniel Jones, maybe, but Daniel Jones,
2: it. maybe now Daniel Jones probably fits the profile better than anybody uh, only because he will run and they're loaded around him, but nobody believes in him. Yeah. That was kind of the, but the, the difference between Daniel Jones and Josh Allen is evident. Josh Allen has just <laughs> yeah. way more and, talent than Daniel And
1: Jones. Jason Garrett and Brian Dable. I think is exactly. a massive difference as well. Yeah, completely agree. And this
2: is going to get into probably one of the topics of the show and one of the topics of the offseason. What do you do with Justin Fields and Trey Lance? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. those are the guys who fit the profile. Totally. Now, now Justin Fields, like if, if you were to if you were to drop, take Kyle Shanahan, put him in a hot air balloon, and drop him in my office right here, and he were to tell me Trey Lance is playing 15 games, I'm <sighs> ranking Trey Lance in my top 15 <laughs> quarterback. Love it. You know, like that's just the way it's gonna be, but you have to build in that uncertainty. There was nobody challenging Josh Allen last year fields and Lance. They're going to play eventually. I think Mm -hmm. Fields sooner than Lance. I just, I I just think that's a better bet. Maybe both start week one. If both start week one, they're both getting drafted in the top 16 and quarterback. But so that's why I am drafting quarterbacks. And I just took a very long way to say I am drafting quarterbacks earlier. I was out on Lamar Jackson last year. I hated him as a second or third round pick. Mm -hmm. He's a fifth and sixth round pick this year. That's a huge difference. You can start your team. You can start your team. Let's just say Dalvin Cook. You can start with Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf, um, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Robert Woods, and then draft Lamar Jackson in a yeah. best ball. Okay, now there is something That's filthy. There's something where uh, where I'm willing to be in on on Lamar Jackson. And look the the market has adjusted. They have put the right quarterbacks up at the top of the board yeah even somebody like hurts who you don't even know how good he is but you know how he produced for fantasy that's why for the first time in a long time i'm i'm in the i'm I'm not necessarily i'm not going to be i'm not going to be drafting Mahomes. i don't think all that much um but i will be in on lamar and kyler and hurts because i do think there is value with those guys i i mean i I don't know if it's not, it's not cheating. It's not one of those ones where you come out of your draft and, you know, I send a screenshot of my team to Barfield and I'm like, dude, I just got Josh Allen in the 11th round. Look at this. Yeah. Like, it's not happening this year. It's not happening this year. But if you
1: get Herbert, it, like I, I just, I would point out, I was listening to the fantasy hustle a couple days ago and yeah. it happened to be featuring a uh, best ball tournament that you were involved in. Correct. And I saw um, that you took Justin Herbert and what you did is almost attack the back of that tier that was mm-hmm. running at that time. So I think quarterback runs are going to be extremely important this year. And what I noticed is that you also, uh, arguably started a tier, uh, a run at quarterback later on with Justin Fields. So I, uh, I definitely like the targets that you were after there, the profile of quarterbacks you're targeting, and mm-hmm. I, I also think you did cool things where you arguably attacked the back of a tier in that very important uh, area of the draft that you want to get that difference maker at quarterback, and then you took your shot on a quarterback, and I think like when you took fields there I bet a lot of people were cursing you out because there was just a quarterback run waiting to start when yeah. I was listening. To
2: yeah, it was that was a tough draft. Um there was a lot of things that like I liked about that draft. Um and and by the way, make sure you check that out. That was uh Brian Drake uh Drake Fantasy on Twitter. Yeah. Um and it was and it was the, the the fantasy football hustle. Um and I picked from the five hole and you know, there was a lot of things I liked about that draft and there's a lot of things I didn't like and I, one thing I do realize is if you come out of your draft this year really happy with your running backs, I think you're going to be significantly shorthanded somewhere else. I, I, it's just, and, and I've, I've, you know, Scott Barris put out some research on the website just talking about how, um, it, it, he wants to start his best ball drafts with bell but then you want to go wide receiver heavy. And I've been trying to take that to heart because God guys, it is so tough to pass up the fact that you can, that you can draft Christian McCaffrey and then go like AJ Brown, DK Metcalf at the two, three turn and understanding, you know, you're passing on maybe a Deandre Swift or an Edwards, Alaire who i like again this year. He's cheaper yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a uh, David Montgomery. You're passing like,
1: exactly. you're passing right on those guys. Yeah, like, sorry. Right after the names you kind of mentioned there, you really yeah. are starting to fall off a cliff there, and mm-hmm. hit rates historically really bear that out. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and but it's just like I I feel like I'm going to figure it out later. And there's some running backs who I don't even think are very good, you know, who are going in the eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh round, and where I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter if I don't think they're very good. Like one of the names that I I've brought up, and again, another tangent here to Barfield, and I texted him tonight. It's like, dude. I'm not even sure if the Bills are going to run the ball more than five times a game this year, but Devin Singletary is going like 150 plus picks into a draft. De- I wanted nothing to do with Singletary last year, but this year, I mean, they didn't do anything at running. They brought in Matt Breida. Okay. Miami had like one of the worst backfield situations in the NFL last year, and Breida couldn't get on the field. So I'm not, I'm not fretting that. So, you know, like there are still names like that where, that's kind of how I've been building my teams and that that plays into the fact that I'm, I'm drafting quarterbacks earlier this year so there's a there are fewer opportunities for me to pound those top six round running backs in a great. way that I would in the past
0: yeah that's uh it, it is like there's like a just a really ugly zone to that running back position and then like you said you know if you can get two strong running backs in those first five rounds or something like that that's great but you definitely are going to be sacrificing that debt. And you're going to have to, I like to go running back heavy and stock up on them, but I've definitely been seeing that. I feel a little bit more sketched out about the back running backs in my depth chart, as opposed to say the wide receivers, which I might normally be a little bit weaker at, which I just feel like I need to be strong at this year.
2: I mean, yeah, it's like the wide receiver. It's just, there's just so many guys in the first eight rounds. Like I've done three best balls already. This just like this week where I've gotten Chase Claypool as my wide receiver four, and so <laughs> so when I'm in that mode, I'm like, okay, now I can wait a little bit, and I can try to bank on like a, a, a not not necessarily a bounce back, but a breakout for like a Jalen Rager as a wide receiver five. Right. I can I can see if maybe Elijah Moore can be my wide receiver five, or I can take a boring ass old veteran like T Y Hilton and just say. Hey, you know, I mean, he's there, you know, he's going to get targets like, uh, like, so By I've just found myself exactly like if you, you take him as a wide receiver five and, and if he's, if he's like in your lineup three times, that's great. Yeah. You know, like um, th- that's kind of the way I've been viewing that. And that's been kind of my build this year, even though I'm never going to leave drafts comfortable with my running back position.
1: No, and I, I think that's the way to do it because it is the most volatile position uh, by far, right? Like, I mean, tight ends up there, but uh, the most important volatile position in fantasy. And I actually want to get into some of those running backs just because the projections we mentioned are live on fantasypoints.com. A big takeaway for me was Christian McCaffrey's kind of massive separation in those sets of projections. Um so Joe, do you agree with Christian McCaffrey being like the unequivocal 101 in all formats of fantasy drafts or do you think Dalvin or Alvin or anybody else could uh give him a run for his money?
2: So um when we were uh when we were uh, doing our first run of best ball rankings, um I actually I had a hot take and I put Dalvin Cook as my number one running back. I've since switched that to Christian McCaffrey. I think it's a little bit closer for best ball than it is. Um, it, it, then, it, then maybe you might think only because I just think Minnesota is better than Carolina and I'm not necessarily a Sam Darnold believer. Um, but I, I mean, I, that doesn't mean I don't think McCaffrey's just going to get a ton of work. I mean, look, they're, their number two running back right now. Looks like, look, like Chuba Hubbard. So, I mean, he's a rookie there. Chuba Hubbard's not coming in there to take 35% of the snaps from Christian McCaffrey. Nope, it's not gonna sir. So, I mean, uh, there's more competition in Minnesota, you know, Madison can certainly get it done. Um, they brought back Amir Abdullah Nwangwu out of who Iowa State, draft? fourth round. <laughs> and, like, I mean, he's basically a Mike Boone clone, like a, just a freak athlete who I think is going to play on special teams. But now, yeah. McCaffrey, McCaffrey's the number one. I don't think. I don't know if I would have it 90 points difference than as, that our projections have. But, hey, those are the projections, you know, like that's what it spit out. So um, yeah. that's what we're going <laughs> to present to you. So um, mm-hmm. we, we do put a human touch on those. But when something like that comes out, like you have to look at it and say, all right, what are we, what are we doing here? And, you know, I, I think McCaffrey and the thing about McCaffrey was even when he played last year, he dominated for fantasy. Like, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't, too, yeah. it wasn't too much. But, I mean, yeah, he did put the numbers up.
0: And I, I think. Eat- uh- Sorry, Ty, I just want to put a little feather in the cap there on that Dalvin is a little bit closer and thinking that Carolina could potentially be a little bit more pass heavy this coming year if Matt Rule and Joe Brady think that they've got their guy at quarterback with Sam Darnold, regardless of what we might think about him. Um, They could potentially try to pass the ball a little bit more with Christian McCaffrey back in, which might bring some more targets towards those wide receivers. Um, And I think Dalvin, that offense is just so so condensed and uh, I don't think the competition behind him well, pretty solid is really going to take that crown whatsoever from Dalvin, um, just especially with these guys having those receivers and maybe thinking this is their final year to squeeze that juice out of Kirk Cousins before um, they got to pay him again. But um, I think there is definitely some merit to the fact that Dalvin's a lot closer to CMC than people might believe. Mm-hmm.
1: It's hard to ask for what we've gotten from Christian McCaffrey going forward for sure and I think there is like a story to tell that with the tight ends that they brought in Dan Arnold and Tommy Tremble in the third round we just have devalued uh, the tight end position so much last year under Joe Brady's system Um, if we don't have to like if there is some tight end market share to account for in 2021 we often see that will come from the running back position. Um, so I, you know, there's ways that I think Christian McCaffrey could come back to earth a little bit. And I think the easiest way would be just Dalvin Cook scoring a lot more touchdowns than Christian McCaffrey, uh, in 2021.
2: I mean, McCaffrey can come back to earth and still be the number one overall fan. Exactly. True mean, like that.
1: That, so
0: that
2: That's the thing that, that like people are looking at, like, oh, he doesn't, he didn't go a thousand, a thousand again. And he's still the number <laughs> one overall fantasy player that, you know, that's in the realm of, of outcomes as well. But I mean, I, I do think there is something to be said that, you know, of like, the top five ADP running backs, like how many of these teams are you confident are going to be good?
0: And, you know, like I would say,
2: I'm pretty confident Minnesota is going to be good. Um, I'm pretty confident. New
0: Orleans, maybe.
2: Right. Are you like, would you bet on New Orleans being, being better than a 7 team?
1: And I think if they are any worse, it would be because of their defense taking a big step back, the secondary losing so much. So I think it might actually be advantageous for some of the pieces on offense and just how condensed that offense is. I think Alvin Kamara is the forgotten man in that three man. Like I think of it more of a three man tier at the very top. And I'd actually put Saquon and Zeke and uh, Aaron Jones in like my next tier.
2: Yeah, I actually have Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Oh, yeah, above, that's right, above, yeah. right. Yeah, I but, forgot uh, the guys
1: that I'm just not drafting
2: a lot of. Um, but uh, <laughs> but Kamara, the thing about Kamara was I, I do have him three. Just drafted him today at number four overall uh, in a, like literally just hours before I came on the podcast. Awesome, but it was hard to re- to note not notice that his targets went in the crapper when Taysom Hill was the quarterback. Oh, hey, that's yeah. the worry, yeah. And Taysom's in a competition right now. I mean, if you draft Kamara now, Michael Thomas managed to to he was Taysom's guy, so he actually <laughs> put up actually put up better numbers with Taysom than he did with Breeze. Mm-hmm. But um, if, if if Kamara's your guy, small sample size caveat and all that. I think you're rooting for Jameis to be the quarterback if if, yeah. if, you, if you know you have Kamara in a dynasty league or something like that.
1: Hundred percent. So I want to go to a guy whose usage uh, we don't know what's on the horizon really. Travis Etienne. Um, yeah. Etienne, he's yeah, like he's making headlines because of the wide receiver usage in Jacksonville's rookie camps for fantasy. I think he's really tricky because he got that first round draft capital, and over the past decade, about one third of all top twelve running back seasons in fantasy have come from running back selected in the first round of the NFL draft. He also inserts into this up and coming offense, tethered to his elite quarterback from college and a head coach who drafted him, like really prioritized him. Um, Because it clearly is urban Meyer making the decisions here in Jacksonville. And I think that is also the problem here. Um, We've heard, we like, we heard the rumors about Curtis Samuel during free agency. You know, we all fell in love with uh Percy Harvey uh Percy Harvin and uh Urban Meyer slapping butts back in the day and then uh after the draft Urban Meyer just said all the wrong things about Travis Etienne right including how interested they were in Kadarius Tony so Joe my loaded question that I'm finally arriving at is are we encouraged by some of the upside Travis Etienne presents in this offense or should we be a bit worried about Urban Meyer going a bit too mad scientist with this whole thing in Jacksonville uh both uh
2: (laughs) which is why which is why i have him at rb24 he's 50 overall in my my latest one of my best ball rankings i did today um like targets are important right like scott barrett has 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 studied that targets are 2.7 times as a target not a reception a target is 2.7 times as important a cat as a carry in fantasy football um But the question is, how much is ETN going to be on the field? And, you know, Meyer comes out and says, oh, he's our third down back. Okay. Um, All right. I don't don't know if I necessarily buy that. You drafted him in the first round. But Urban Meyer is an unknown. And he's out here signing Tebow. And he's saying (laughs) – he's basically spitting in Travis ETN's face by saying, you know, we really wanted Tony. (laughs) I mean – it's like brutal. you know. It's like, hey, honey, you know, like <laughs> I know you're at your 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 favorite restaurant. Like, but it was booked up. I'm sorry. We're gonna go to my favorite restaurant instead. Like, <laughs> you know, like it, it, you know, like Travis Etienne's. Like, what? Like, come on, man. Like, I mean, they still drafted him in the first round. He's gonna get a nice, pretty penny out of that. But um, I am just I, I like sometimes I, I think you have to be brave enough to say I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um and understand that ETN at fifty overall, where I have him ranked, is going to look either brilliant or stupid by the end of the year. I and I'm I'm fully aware of that, but it comes back to that conversation that we just had. Yeah, the running back. How many of the guys behind him are you confident saying that guy's finishing better than Travis ETN this year? I so hard. Right, I've got Javante Williams right behind him. Now I think Javante Williams is obviously going to be a more traditional running back, but they still have Melvin Gordon there. Um, is Melvin Gordon, even when Williams takes over, going to be the third down back there? Then you've got Chase Edmonds. Okay, well, they signed James Conner. Is Edmonds still going to be that kind of like third down kind of running back? And then behind them, I have Kareem Hunt. Well, he's yeah, a number two on his own team. You have Melvin Gordon. Uh, you, like Damian Harris, who I actually just bumped up today based on some nice. uh, some some hype that that's out there. James Robinson's RB30. I yeah. I mean, like how many Kenyon Drake? I have an RB31. Which of those guys are you going to confidently tell me should be ranked ahead of Travis Etienne right now? And at some point I'm going to bet on talent and I'm going to bet on draft capital. And and there is a chance that if he plays the Percy Harvin Curtis Samuel uh role that that Urban Meyer had popularized at Florida and Ohio State. You know, uh, Daryl Bevel, the offense coordinator, had Harvin in both Minnesota and Seattle. There's there could be value there if he's catching mm-hmm. passes there, totally. there can be value there. Um, uh, but I like I, I think sometimes you got to be brave enough to admit you don't know what you don't know. There, there ain't nobody here who can tell me they know what Urban Meyer is going to do with Travis Etienne. No. Urban, a, Urban Meyer is a college football power conference head coach. It's yeah. easier to dig up dirt on the White House than it is to get a story on one of those programs. So, <laughs> but like, he's, he's still coming
1: from that, that mindset where this is my program and yeah. I'm going to be in charge of it. And, and I can you know, stack talent at positions and I can yeah. recruit in free agency. Like, no, you can't do any of that, dude. And like not to, not to be like, oh, look at this nut from
2: college. You know, like um, everybody said when Chip Kelly came out, turned out a lot of them were right yeah
1: um, mostly <laughs> because, because they, they continue to they they don't make any concessions it seems like that yeah. would be my point yeah
2: and that's the thing you're 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 managing men now you know yeah. like you're and yeah. and, and uh, but i mean i i just don't know what they what they're gonna do with etn and i look at that ranking at rb24 where i have them and i'm like oh god that hurts to do that and then i'm like but then i look at the guys behind them and i'm like am I really going to put James Conner in front of Travis Etienne? Yeah, no, exactly. Doing that. No way. And that this comes back to my whole process. I'm going to try to use common sense here. Right? Like, like I'm not putting James Conner. Uh, like it, if at the end of the year, James Conner has more fantasy points than Travis Etienne, So F and be it like, great. You know, like I wasn't ranking James Conner ahead of Travis Etienne. I wasn't going to do it. Yeah, like that. Like sure. and, and that's the way I, I approach this.
1: And from a best ball perspective, there's no way that Travis Etienne isn't plugging into your lineup more often, in my opinion, right. than uh, James Conner who's probably plugging in when
0: he scores multiple touchdowns. For
1: a
2: the lot easier pick to swallow in best ball. Yeah, a lot sure. easier pick to swallow in best ball is Etienne. No no <laughs> doubt about that.
0: And I think like that, com- that same common sense can kind of tell us that as a first round running back, there is a high likelihood that Travis Etienne eventually starts taking 10 to 15 carries a game or something like that. And he isn't just a gadget player. Um, And another thing that we actually don't know is how that gadget stuff intertwines with what they might want to do with LaVisca Chenault as well. So my hope is that they use, is that they use LaVisca as that gadget guy and use Etienne as maybe more of a traditional running back, but who the hell knows with urban. Um, I just think like, I want that carry volume, just a little bit of floor on the carry volume, just to insulate what we don't know about the pass catching volume, you know? So,
2: so my, my point here, when, when it comes to LaVisca Chenault, is like they they urban meyer flat out told you we wanted a tony well does he think lavisca Chenault can play that role if he flat out told you he wanted Kadarius tony and he's playing travis Etienne in that role that's that's another probably play. not yeah. trying to
1: sign curtis samuel yeah it seems like he wants mm-hmm. something more electric because i keep saying this that you know Chenault's closer to like an antonio gibson than he has travis Etienne, if you will you know what i mean like yeah. he's just a mm-hmm. big boy uh So I want to go to the more traditional running back, Najee Harris, just because Joe, I was, uh, I cited that best ball draft to the stars that you were on and you okay. snap called Najee Harris. Where do you think his ADP settles and where did you get him in that draft? If you remember a uh,
2: uh, late first, early second round is where his ADP settles. Now I, think so too. I definitely took him. Uh, oh, I think, did
1: I take him? I think in it the was third round? round. I think it might've been the I, third I, round. I, I,
2: I, I would have jumped for joy. No, I got him at the back end of the second round, How which is you, okay? just stupid. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not going to last very long. And you know, like, I I said out there on on Twitter like where people were like, oh, you know, I'm willing to pay a third round pick for Najee Harris. Yo, dude, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to give you 10 grand for Beamer, too. I mean, like, it's not going to happen. Like, you know, just like that's not analysis. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Najee Harris, I'd really like him as a third rounder. Well, no shit. Like
0: I'd like I, him as a 10th too. Fuck. Totally. <laughs> but but
1: like, I don't get why people are treating him that way. Because one thing we do know is that we don't know how much efficiency he's going to be able to amass in Pittsburgh. That's going to be the one concern. I think it's being overblown. But I think the one thing we know is that he's going to be peppered with targets. And I think, not peppered, but I think he's going to catch 40 to 50 balls in his sleep. And that's not something you can say about rookie running backs very often.
2: No, and um, and I think the concern about the offensive line is valid. You know, I have Steeler fans in my life. I'm from Pennsylvania, who actually w- wanted them to take the the Mr. Sensible approach: draft the lineman in the first, draft Trey Sermon in the second or the third round. That's what they yeah, wanted them yeah. to do. But I mean, look, everybody's like the the number one thing I've been getting when I went w- with my Najee Harris love, and I do believe if I am picking at the turn. Um, man, I actually just started a best ball 10 from the turn with Cam Akers and Najee Harris. Now, I don't believe I'm going to be drafting a running back for like four or five rounds now. But like to me, that's a really great start. Um, but people are like, oh, but, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, bro. Like, I mean, I fully admitted when I ranked Clyde Edwards-Alaire aggressively last year that there were landmines that I was trying to jump over. I just liked the situation and I like the player in that situation that much it wasn't a disaster, but it, it, no. it you know, we might've gotten maimed a little bit. Like you're sc- too
1: many, my guy articles and things like that. That, right. was our, Ex- that was our big mistake. Yeah. It,
2: yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it it's not like he got like three carries a game, but you know, you don't anticipate the Le'Veon Bell signing and all that stuff, but Marlon Mack to our- injury
1: and playing the Texans in week 16 for the, for the Colts. And right. Exactly. <laughs>
2: uh, like, but you don't factor those things in, but like, when you look at the Steelers, I just don't think, guys, the Steelers are signing Adrian Peterson in August to take carries from from Najee Harris. Hell I just, no. I just don't think that's going to happen with this team. I don't think that Kevin Colbert, who's been at this for a long time, is going to draft a running back in the first round and say, "All right, Najee, like you know what? I know you blew up in rookie minicamp, and we're throwing you targets." but Anthony McFarlane's are one, man. Like you got to <laughs> earn this. Like, 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 <laughs> I just don't think that's the way the Steelers are operating. I just see fewer landmines. Does that mean this is a pristine situation? No, it doesn't. You know, like uh, I don't think, you know, uh, if, if we're talking pristine situations, I think Dalvin cooks, probably the guy who has that, Yeah. like in call. terms, in terms of the offensive line. well, John the the number,
1: Taylor,
0: yeah, Like yeah,
2: that, he's the number two overall pick. Taylor even has Naeem Hines. If you want to be nitpicky, yeah,
1: that's a good point. Yeah.
2: So like, but I don't know how many of these guys have pristine situations. Christian McCaffrey might be on a bad football team. So, um, I, I I know it's not pristine, but I just view this as as a guy who, man, and remember, seventeen games this year. If there is a lock for three hundred touches for a rookie running back, I mean. This has got to yeah. be it. I mean, mm-hmm. Edwards Alaire, we weren't even counting on that. We were counting on him catching more passes than he did. And mm-hmm. uh, Najee, I just think he's going to be used like an old school running back. And yeah. volume is king. And, and I'm going to gobble up that volume. Does that mean there's going to be not there's not going to be games where he has 21 carries for 67 yards? No, it doesn't mean that
1: but i do I think, think we, the hire of matt canada might compensate for that a little bit though Yeah, like, i think yeah. Every, the emphasis they've placed in pittsburgh is just overwhelming on trying to improve that run game did you just and, bring me
2: on this podcast from canada so you could talk up matt canada
1: no Duh. just more the steelers i'm actually a steelers <laughs> fan and i also oh. think like you know we we drafted a couple offensive linemen in the draft that aren't sexy names by any means but they are kind of uh nose to the dirt guys and we have 5 to 6 starters on that offensive line oh. i think As long as we can uh, not screw it up too much and build some continuity through training camp, I actually don't have that much problem. I'll put it this way. The pass protection is what people should be worried about with that offensive line. But good thing Ben gets rid of it in two seconds anyways every single play. And it's the run blocking that was literally just shit last year. It can't be much worse in 2021 than it was in two thousand twenty. In fact, the Steelers' run game as a whole has been arguably the worst three straight seasons. It's it's really sad.
2: Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, uh, it was a big uh, in my in my Pittsburgh fan group chat, uh, which I'm which I'm just roped into. Um, I love it. The big talking point that they gave Pouncey's number to Kendrick Green, the third round. Yeah. Yeah. Big talking <laughs> wow. point. Big talking point. Um. Now, um. Uh. By the way, uh, if you read the draft guide that you guys are talking about, Greg Cosell. Kendrick Green oh, was a favorite yeah. of
0: his. Yeah. Nice. So
2: yeah. so um, that's might be somebody who gets a chance to play or sooner rather than later.
1: Mm-hmm. For so sure. I'm I bet you. Help
0: in that run game too. Mm-hmm. I bet you not Na- Najee's average depth of target is probably better than any of the Steelers players last year too anyway so I think you know that's uh yeah that's <laughs> So <laughs> oh, I heard man. you mention Javante Williams and you
1: kind of said you had him in a tier uh just behind Travis Etienne but you do in fact have him ahead of Melvin Gordon is that correct? Uh, yeah
2: I actually have him just one spot behind Etienne uh, yeah. at, at running back. So um yeah and I do have him ahead of Gordon. And here's another um kind of I don't know if this is if this is gonna sound poignant or if it's gonna sound stupid, but let's keep in mind that the fantasy football season, when it comes to a guy like and 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 this is for all young guys, all rookies, Trey Lance, Justin Fields included in that as well. The fantasy football season's one week longer this year, guys. And
0: it's yeah.
2: one more week for a young guy who might be behind Melvin Gordon in week six. To make an impact on your fantasy team and your best ball team. So just keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think it's maybe a reason. I'm not saying, oh my God, because there's one more week, Javante Williams should be a third round pick. I'm just saying. It's one more little – you use the phrase feather in the cap. It's one more feather to put in the I'm going to draft this rookie over this boring veteran because he's got one more week to usurp that role. He's got one more week to get into the driver's seat the way Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers did at the end of last season. Both of those guys were league winners in a 16-game season – One more week for a Javante Williams or an ETN or a Najee Harris who doesn't have any competition. But just one more week for those guys, especially if you're thinking Fields or Lance as a third quarterback in best ball. One more week for those guys to make an impact for your team. And, you know, that week could come into play. You could be on the outside looking in on the playoffs in week 14 And Justin Fields is putting up 150 rushing yards out there, and he gets you in there. So just one more thing that's influencing my rankings this year, and that's why I'm willing to rank a a Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon with also the the knowledge that Melvin Gordon's nothing to the Broncos after this year. His contract's up. Javante Williams, they traded up for him. He's the Mm -hmm. back of the future.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to just rip off a couple of wide receiver groups here. I know we're, uh, we're getting close to, uh, to finishing up here, Joe, but um, I want to dive into this uh, triumvirate, if you will, of Bengals wide receivers. And that would be Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T Higgins. Um, You have them actually ranked in that particular order. there, fairly close together as well, Joe. And I want to start with Jamar Chase because he comes in with the immediate rapport with Joe Burrow. He's got, um, you know, Somebody who I think maybe the jury is still out as far as a play caller in Zach Taylor, although he's been mega frustrating in certain areas, especially running back target share. Um, But yeah, Jamar Chase is kind of slotting in for most people as the alpha for the Bengals. I'm wondering, do you think like with the other guys taking up a bunch of targets, do you think that maybe like a uh, wide receiver one position is in the realm of possibilities? I know you have Jamar chase ranked as a wide receiver two, um, But I'm curious if you think yeah. that's in his realm of possibilities, or would he just need too many things to go his way for that to happen?
2: So I, 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 let, let's look at what what is actually kind of a nice, almost like almost a snug fit here. Um, you, pr- you, you project that Jamar chase is going to come out and he's going to play some X, he's going to play some Z, depending mm-hmm. on how they view T Higgins now. Now, let's look at the facts. Last year, A.J. Green had 104 targets and was, <laughs> in, in many ways, guys, if, if not in totality, was in many ways the worst wide receiver in fantasy football.
0: Yeah. Uh, Efficiency-wise? Like-
2: yeah. So let's look at this. A.J. Green... With 104 targets, he caught 47 passes. Okay, 523 yards. He averaged 7.0 fantasy points per game in PPR. To find the next receiver who averaged that low a number, <laughs> you have to go down to Anthony Miller, uh, who everybody Ooh, knows is a superstar. <laughs> <fired. laughs> same <laughs> age, I think those two are the same age. Yeah, yeah and Chicago's <laughs> Chicago's trying to trade him. He had (laughs) 76 targets and averaged 6.9 fantasy points per game. After you get to Anthony Miller, you're all the way down to Chris Conley, who had 6.5 fantasy (laughs) points per game on 63 targets. That is a miserable (laughs) season that A.J. Green had. By comparison, Devontae Parker. 103 targets right below A.J. Green, 11.9 fantasy points per game. Go up a couple of spots. A.J. Brown had 106 targets,
0: (laughs) 17.3
2: fantasy points per game. Now, I'm not going to say Jamar Chase is going to come out here and he's going to go like A.J. Brown and finish as a top six fantasy receiver on 104 targets. But it's within the realm of possibility that this guy sees over 100 targets and doubles up the production of A.J. Green.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah for sure i think he's just he's just got that super versatile skill set that he can do anything for this team and i think that's why they took him with what i think was maybe a bit of a luxury pick because tyler boyd and t higgins are a dynamite pairing but obviously the joe brady and joe burrow connection um chilling with the joes uh jamar chase was obviously sent to the Bengals. i'm curious joe like everybody's saying that t higgins is the one who's mega hurt by this but with that versatility like i know you have them ranked close um but h- how do you think jamar chase affects tyler boyd in his heavily targeted role of the past
2: well i sorry guys a little little bug in my throat um you know i don't know how much boyd is really all that affected because they still don't really have a great tight end they're gonna play 11 personnel as their base like I, I think the thing that hurts Boyd and especially Higgins is the fact that Chase is going to be more efficient on the perimeter than AJ Green was. And, you know, there's going to be more production to go around there. But uh, I still think Tyler Boyd, it, I you know, they could have signed prime Randy Moss and I think Tyler Boyd's role was still going to be Tyler Boyd's role. Like so he's going to be the slot absolutely. guy. Exactly. So, you know, I, I, I just think that's, that's, Tyler Boyd, I think, is is uh, I, I really didn't change my ranking with him at all. He was one of my most drafted players last year, and I'd be happy to have him fall in my lap in the sixth and seventh round again, quite frankly.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got uh, just for some context for the listeners there, you've got Chase at 24, Boyd at 28 and Higgins at 32, which I was happy to see that you didn't drop T, T Higgins that much, because I do yeah. think there is room for these guys to produce at right around the levels that you have ranked with a little bit of upside on that potentially with some spiked weeks, um, because this team's going to pass a lot with Joe Burrow in there. He was throwing the ball, I think, over 40 times a game. Whereas without him, they only threw it about 27 times a game in in Cincinnati. So I think at full health, this offense is going to be like an over 600 pass attempt team. And I think these guys can all eat to an extent um, as like really, really, a really good trio of wide receivers. I think they probably rival the Cowboys as far as best, uh, best yeah, trios it's, it's in the league. It's a
2: really good group. And yeah. They're going to be fun. I know that like th- this is going to be a fun football team. It's just a matter of did they make the prudent pick? And to get into some NFL talk, I don't think Miami expected them to make the splashy pick because I don't think my no matter what Dolphin fans tell you, I don't think the Dolphins yeah. traded up to number six with the intention of drafting
0: Jim No, they were not ready for that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but and it's the Waddle pick is an interesting one for me. I still don't know what to do with him, but nor do I. Maybe that's a conversation for another date. Um, the last wide receivers I want to talk about here are the Rams group. Um, really really interesting group that ty and i have both expressed um various levels of love for in the past <laughs> i am a full-blown cooper cup truther always i always take heat for
1: our rams we are line. yeah <laughs>
0: everybody just dogs us for liking cooper cup and people it's like, hate guys, wide receiver twos yeah jerks um but i was looking at the rankings there joe and uh you've got bob woods at wide receiver 14 and cooper cup at wide receiver 19 19 there so ty um you said it there wide receiver twos um I'm curious, Joe. With Matt Stafford coming in, do you think the offense shifts quite a bit to fit his skill set? It seems like bringing in a quarterback like that, you're not just going to really want to dink and dunk. Um, but I, I'm curious to see what you think they're going to do out in uh, out in LA with Sean well, McVay.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a more explosive offense. But like it, when it comes to Robert Woods in particular, he is going to be one of my most drafted players. And and yeah. when it, here, like here are his here are his numbers the last three seasons. Wide receiver 13 in 2020, wide receiver 14 in 2019, wide receiver 11 in 2018. Okay, his current ADP in best ball 10 since the start of May is wide receiver 17. So, not a huge discount, but there's a discount nonetheless. However, look at the consistency of his performance with the Rams' offense going in the crapper the last couple of years. In McVeigh's first season in Los Angeles, they were six with 5.8 yards per play. In in 2018, they were second 6.4. They were 13th in 2019. And then for the first time in McVay's uh, tenure in, with the Rams, they were 18th in 2020 in yards per play. Obviously, that coincides with McVay's um, complete disaster, like g- lack of faith in Jared Goff. That faith was declining. Meanwhile, Robert Woods is just cruising along. He's putting up these these numbers where the off where he's managed to play through a, a a declining offense and for the first time in the McVay era a subpar offense and he's still putting up high end wide receiver two low end wide receiver one numbers I don't like I I, I know people hate Marcus, Matthew Stafford right yeah like I know people hate Matthew Stafford try to tell me that offense is going to be worse with him. Please
0: try to tell me that. I know like
2: it's not going to be worse. So I'm, I'm drafting these receivers and I'm drafting them aggressively. All
0: right. So with the, with that kind of baked in thinking that it's going to be a little bit more explosiveness. um, What about like the deep downfield work? Do you think Robert Woods might be the beneficiary of that? Or do you think he's just going to maintain that efficiency with after the catch? Like who is taking the downfield targets here? Can't be Tutu Atwell. Cannot uh, be too at too no, well.
2: Uh, well <laughs> I'm I'm a noted Deshaun Jackson lover for best ball. Me
0: too, dude. Um, I uh, love. Oh. Uh, I'm an the, Eagles fan, Joe. Just oh uh, well, right. well
2: I mean I mean just what a disaster. Um, yeah. uh, 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 oh god, <laughs> I but, no, it. that's what they want Deshaun Jackson to do. But you no, know, mm-hmm. Woods can do a little bit of that stuff. I think um, so too. Yeah. And actually, I think Higby can do a little bit of that stuff too. It's it's just, but I think they want I think at, well, not, not, I don't think you draft a guy in the second round to be insurance for Deshaun Jackson, but I think that's kind of what he is.
1: If not just another guy who can fit perfectly in that pre-snap motion scheme. Like maybe he hurts Robert Woods in the sense where Robert Woods isn't going to get that rushing touchdown. We've become accustomed to, uh, But yeah, I think Robert Woods is the clear benefactor in LA if for no other reason than like, I don't think this offense is going to change too dramatically, but I do think they're going to add that vertical element, uh, that's been totally absent, especially off play action, which could be really dangerous, uh, in Sean McVay's system. So I'm really excited and, uh, even if Deshaun Jackson plugs in my lineup three out of the first five weeks, which he will before he gets hurt, uh, we've paid off that 19th round best
2: ball. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, he's free. Mm-hmm. He's free right now. So um, yeah, that that's the thing with uh with with Deshaun Jackson. That's what they want to do. But like, there's another feather in Robert Woods' cap, though. All right, well, mm-hmm. Matthew Saver, he's coming here to bomb the ball down the field. Well, their deep threats are Who? Deshaun Jackson, who's played like three games in the last 15 (laughs) years. Or Tutu Atwell, who weighs the same as my newborn nephew. So, I mean, (laughs) like so i mean you have you have uh and the doctor's con- a little concerned about his weight by the way my
0: <laughs>
1: so
2: um so like uh, you have a little bit of a concern there with I-, I just think it's just going to be a more efficient offense
0: mm-hmm. yeah ty had a really good tweet actually yesterday i think regarding tutu atwell that you can't even create a player in madden that weighs as little as he does uh, you just can't go that low so <laughs> yeah that's incredible um, yeah for sure and i think yeah just like like everybody is gonna get a little uptick i even think and not to suffer from trutherism too hard here guys i think cooper cup can almost do like a little bit of that like tight end stuff out of the slot where he might be able to if schemed up properly do some Mm -hmm. stuff in the seam, um just with his after the catch ability. but maybe maybe i'm you know getting a little bit too ahead of myself on the cooper love but i think he can do a little bit of that as well especially if he's got the quarterback who can deliver that to him which he does now Mm -hmm. right so i love it i think he does
2: and i'm really excited I know people are a little bummed that that bears Rams game is the first Sunday night football. And I think people are going to be upset. If Andy Dalton's the starter for the bears, a totally different story if it's fields, but I'm personally excited to see what that offense looks like. Matthew Stafford in that Rams offense. I really am. I'm um, like, I, I like, I think sometimes we get a little bit too crazy anointing McVeigh this boy genius, but if he hasn't had the quarterback he's wanted, I am excited to see what happened. This is the guy they wanted. I, I, They traded Mm -hmm. two first-round picks for this guy. Oh, yeah. Like, people come out, they're yelling at me on Twitter. They're like, oh, bro, they didn't trade two first-round picks for Stafford. They traded them to get rid of Goff. And then (laughs) I look at it and I say, like, look at what the Eagles got for Carson Wentz, who's coming off an awful season. They got a first-round pick for him. So, like, Mm -hmm. they they traded two first-round picks to get get Matthew Stafford. Make no mistake about it. Maybe they threw in the third for them to take Goff, but they gave up two first-round picks to get Matthew Stafford. Make no mistake about that
0: hmm. Yeah, 100%. He's just gonna just gonna take it to the next level there. I love that. Okay. All righty, fellas. So, you know, I think we're at the hour mark. I think that um, that's the Pretty good, uh, pretty good. happy we've put in here, Joe. I want to say thank you for joining us tonight. It has been a pleasure. Would love to have you back on the airwaves sometime soon. Uh, Ty and I have been talking about doing some live best balls on uh, on the True North airwaves, yeah. and um, you are, you know, watching you go through a best ball draft is actually fantastic, like fantastic content to listen to. You like I said, like your energy, the content that you that you spit out is just top notch. Actually, I was in the Kings Classic draft last year, Joe. Um, that Bob Lung put, puts on, and I was Bob does a to great your... job. Love Bob. Oh, dude, great it's, guy. It... That was so much fun. It was my first year in. It was an honor to be in that draft. My first year doing an auction draft as well. Um, and it was super cool to hear you narrating a draft that I was a part of, dude. So um, I w- we would love to have you on for one of those at well, some point and uh, go through some of these picks. I
2: hope I could see you guys in person this year. Um, depends on uh, SiriusXM's plans, which I never know until the last minute. So I mm-hmm. have to, um, you know, it's just the way things go in radio. But I'd love to be there in person. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the Hall of Fame. Have no, yet. I have not. It's awesome. No, are yeah. you guys both in Vancouver? We're Victoria, both in Victoria. Yeah,
0: yeah just across Victoria. the pond on Thank- Vancouver Island, but we live in Victoria. Okay, yeah.
2: all right. Well, that's an area of the country I've never been to. Uh, well, yes, I've never right even been to that Vancouver. area of our country. So yeah. um, I'd love to come out and visit you guys. But uh, if you guys get a chance to come to Canton for the Kings Classic, uh, mm. the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is something you should experience. It is really cool.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So l- like I said, um, it was a pleasure to have you on if anyone wants to check out Joe at FG underscore Dolan. But if you haven't checked out Joe already, then get out from under that rock that you're living under because you're missing out like no other. Um, Yeah, Ty, you got any parting shots for the people, my man? No, just make sure you are uh, following. Make sure Joe Dolan is on your list.
1: Make sure you are subscribed to FantasyPoints.com so you can get the rankings and uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Fantasy Feast. You know, still somehow that show is fucking underrated. It is mind-blowing. So yeah, make sure you are subscribed to to all the ways that you can connect with Joe because you you won't regret it. It'll make you a better fantasy player. And just thanks so much for coming on.
2: Guys, um, I, I wish I could give you more time tonight. Um, let me make it up to you at some other point uh, later this summer. I'm excited. I, You know, I feel like I could go for longer tonight. So just uh, just uh, thank you so much for, uh, for being uh, accommodating, and I can't wait to be back on.
0: Always love it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so um, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for tuning in. Until then, peace.